The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The November 30th edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of November 30th, 2022. Journey to the Edge of the World Food Bank wins the Lions Annual Shopping Spree. San Juan County Council briefed on ferry updates. Lopez Soccer Wrap-Up. Plus, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. From the Islands Sounder, Journey to the Edge of the World. By Kelly Balcom Bartok. Island resident Carl Kruger single-handedly paddled 420 miles of the frigid Northwest Passage this past summer on his customized stand-up paddleboard. This trek is no small feat in itself, especially due to the fact his route took him along the edge of the world, along the thin line where the icy tundra and the Arctic Ocean meet near the 71st parallel. No stranger to pushing his limits, Kruger, a professional outdoorsman and nature guide, has spent thousands of hours exploring and guiding people through some of the most beautiful and rugged regions in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. His adventure expeditions range from introducing his guests to the great outdoors aboard his 64-foot steel cutter SV Ocean Watch to becoming the first and only person to solo the entire Race to Alaska, RTK, 750-mile route from Port Townsend to Ketchikan on a stand-up paddleboard. According to Kruger, he has always felt a deep connection to the ocean and outdoors his entire life. His father introduced him to paddling when he was three, Kruger then taught himself to windsurf at age 12 and by 17 was teaching others how to sail. He chose this trip to the Arctic to push his own personal limits. What happens is you get out there and you realize that there's something much deeper that you really hadn't even understood yourself until you get out there and start doing the thing, he said. For Kruger, participating in the race to Alaska and the trip to the Arctic, were about growth. I did it because I wanted to see if I could. I learned a lot. I grew in ways that were really important, but when people ask me if I'll do it again, I answer, why? It's over, he said. In terms of actually doing the RTK and navigating, it didn't scare me at all. I knew that I knew the coast. Kruger had traveled up and down the coast to Alaska over 25 times at that point in his life. I knew where I was going and felt really safe and secure, he said. When I got to the end of the RTK with a very deep knowledge that I was capable of a whole hell of a lot more, that next time I could bite off a much bigger piece and see what goes on. I started casting about for a project that scared me. That's when he settled on paddleboarding the Arctic's Northwest Passage. Although COVID delayed Kruger's original plans by a few years, in 2022 he set off on the first 420-mile leg of a multi-leg trip that he expects to finish in 2026, 
when he stitches together a route that will have begun in Tuktoyuktuk in the Northwest Territories, eventually ending in Pond Inlet in the Ikiktaluk region of Nunavut, Canada, on northern Baffin Island. For Kruger, the trek opened his eyes to the fragility of humanity, but also the connectivity humans are losing in today's modern high-tech world. In the world today, it's easy to lose sight of that fragility when you're so taken care of here in the system, he said. If I went right now, and I tripped and fell and hit my head on the sidewalk or whatever, it would take seconds and there'd be flashing lights and a whole herd of people there to help me out. When you're out there, you find yourself in this place where you look over your shoulder and you verify that, yes, indeed, you left land behind and you've got some number of miles before you see land again. And then you lose sight of water, too, because of the fog. And you're just in this bubble, in a place where if things did go south, if I fell and broke a leg or something, you're a goner. I mean, you're in an incredibly fragile place a delicate place, and no help is coming. Kruger adds that the experience helped sharpen his senses and focus his attention on the subtleties of nature and the world around him. When you're out there alone, what do you have? What's left to you? What is it that you go to? What is it that helps you? And what I started realizing is that I was tuning into these just really subtle tugs. We all have those, but I think we get desensitized to them by living the life that we live, he said. If you get a little bit lost and you whip out your phone and go to Google, you get the answer, and off you go. To be in a place where you don't have any of that, all of a sudden you're forced to go back to what it is to be human, and you tune into these little tugs, and I always deeply regretted it when I ignored them. During the trek, Kruger described a sense of grandeur, but also acknowledged that for much of the trip there really wasn't much to draw his attention to, so he focused on the little things, like a beluga whale surfacing nearby, or ripples on the sea surface. There are forces acting upon you up there that are beyond cosmic. It's like the size of the sky. You're at the top of the world and you're literally feeling the very last tips off the tidal waves as it penetrates into the Arctic Ocean, Kruger recalls. And you've got the ice breaking up and thundering. It's as if the environment just breaks you open in every possible way and it takes away all the cues. As a professional navigator, he shared that it was the most fascinating part of the trip for him, as binoculars and compasses were worthless. He began really diving deep into watching the swell angles and paying attention to that as a means to navigate. There's nothing to look at. There's the blue part and the brown part, and where they meet is not correct because the ice moves everything around every year, Kruger said. You're so far north that a compass just spins. The requirement was finding other means of navigation to rely on. It was then, on the third or fourth day, when I started to realize what this trip was going to be about. He also described the experience as a spiritual journey. What it became is this deep dive into connecting with ancestors, says Kruger, 
I found myself talking to the ancestors. I found myself asking the ancestors just to show me the way, and I promise I'll do the work. Fourteen days and 420 miles after Kruger set out on his Arctic journey, he arrived safely in Paulatuck, Northwest Territories, Canada. Kruger says he's truly opened his heart to the celestial spirits and that it's changed how I do things. Since I've come back, I've made a commitment to not ever stop navigating this way. To navigate successfully in life requires an open heart and honesty, and that's why I'm drawn to human-powered stuff. There's something really special about transiting by paddle. It's powerful. Kruger intends to return next summer to continue his solo Arctic journey. To learn more about his expeditions, visit www.krugerc.com. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Food Bank Wins the Lion's Annual Shopping Spree by Heather Spaulding. The Friday Harbor Food Bank won the San Juan Islands Lion's Shopping Spree November 22nd. They also won one of the conciliatory turkeys, plus the person who won the second conciliatory turkey donated it, giving the nonprofit a full sweep of the prizes. The San Juan Island Lions Club resumed their annual fall shopping spree contest after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. The spree allows one winner the unique opportunity to run through King's Market and pick up all the groceries they can in four minutes for free. There are only a few limitations, no more than four of any single item, no tobacco, alcohol, or olive oil, and the winner is limited to $50 worth of meat and cheese. The spree also gives two additional winners one turkey each, the conciliatory turkey. Proceeds from the raffle tickets help support the San Juan Lions Scholarship Fund, which helps fund post-secondary education for local graduating high school seniors. According to Lions president Bruce Martin, the food bank picked up $800 worth of food. It was definitely fun. Watch them run around and get it done, he said. San Juan County Council briefed on ferry updates. Ahead of the busy upcoming holiday season, members of San Juan County's council met with Washington state officials and representatives from the Washington State Ferries to express Islanders' need for reliable ferry service. SJC council members Jamie Stevens and Cindy Wolf joined Representative Deborah Lekinoff, the Washington State Secretary of Transportation Roger Millar, WSF Assistant Secretary Patty Rubstello, Director of Marine Operations Steve Nevey, and Director of Planning, Customer, and Government Relations John Vizina, about developments in WSF services and operations. We're so grateful to Representative Lekinoff for organizing this meeting because we were able to give folks a clearer understanding of the importance of the inter-island run, said Councilmember Wolf. WSF reported there were 45 cancellations of San Juan Island's route sailings in the span of two weeks, which falls 3% short of their goal of 99% reliability. 
Attendees discussed ways to be more efficient in notifying riders of cancellations and working together to ensure islanders have enough time to make other arrangements. The importance of the inter-island route was emphasized. These cancellations affect working families, school children, government operations, social services, sheriff operations, and more, said Councilmember Wolf. It impacts our ability to do business as a community when small tradespeople can lose 20% of their income for a week when the inter-island is cancelled. WSF committed to working with Representative Lekhanov and SJC Council on better notification strategies. A committee consisting of elected officials and local chambers of commerce is one proposed solution that might support the San Juan Islands and Anacortes Ferry Advisory Committees. WSF anticipates that their increased focus on recruitment and employment education will bring relief to the system by the summer of 2023. They expect less cancellations due to staffing shortages. I was glad to hear they are reviewing the dwell time, said Councilmember Stevens. Understanding the time it takes to load and unload boats, especially during the summer, is key to keeping the boats on schedule. Earlier this year, WSF created two new programs that encourage current employees to take the necessary courses and exams to obtain a mate's credential. Over the next 18 months, they expect more than 40 to complete all the training necessary to work as mates. They'll be working with Governor Inslee and the legislature to make these programs permanent. From the Islands Weekly, Lopez Soccer Wrap-Up by Gene Helfman Lopez Soccer finished the season with a respectable record and a strong feeling of growth and definite improvement. The Lobos won four games against seven losses, but many of the losses were to out-of-district teams, for example, Friday Harbor, Orcas, in what can only be described as uneven matches. Other losses were close, tied at the end of regulation, finished in sudden-death overtime. Scorers included Malachi Carey, with an estimated 12 goals, followed by Ethan Patrick with three. Naima Garcia, Jacob Sanford, Rudy Roche, and Rafa Velasquez also scored. Freshman center midfielder Andres Meisner was reliably around the opponent's goal and racked up about 15 assists. Keeper Levi McLaren had multiple saves in every contest. Coach Micah Krauschar reflected on what the team accomplished and how it has grown. Last year, the Lobos fielded only 14 players, sometimes having only the bare minimum 11 available. This year, 23 athletes joined the team, a luxury that allowed resting starters and giving younger athletes valuable playing time. Krauschar commented, There was far more competition this year, and drastically more commitment and intensity. That intensity paid off as the season progressed, most losses coming early in the year. The turning point was an overtime shootout loss to Providence Christian at home, playing a team that had easily beaten Lopez previously. Playing Providence evenly made our progress as a group feel tangible, and the fans and community were so enthusiastic and engaged. 
What followed were decisive wins against LeConnor, Coopville, and Cedar Park Christian. Coach Crowshar summed up the season, emphasizing that Lopez accomplished all this despite being significantly younger and smaller than every other team in the district. Lopez fielded a co-ed team composed almost entirely of freshmen and sophomores against schools whose entire starting lineup was senior athletes. We learned to mesh and adapt in such a striking way and ended the season tied for sixth place in the district. This season was a serious turning point for Lopez soccer, and it was so much fun to be a part of it. And now... Excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log On November 18th, San Juan deputies responded to a report of an accident with an injury. The driver was arrested for driving under the influence and was also issued a citation for driving with wheels off the roadway. The driver stated that they swerved to miss a deer, but it was apparent that they drove straight at a curve in the roadway. On November 19th, a deputy on San Juan was dispatched to a walk-in report of a burglary from a storage unit. Entry was made from an adjoining unit where the wall was kicked in and the property was taken. Deputies have no leads. A Lopez deputy responded when a chicken attempted an escape while its owner was busy gardening. The chicken made it out onto Ferry Road, but was quickly recovered by the owner. Deputies on San Juan responded to a report of suspicious activity that ended up being a rollover accident. The driver had lost control of the vehicle due to icy conditions and overcorrecting. All passengers were seen by EMS and released at the scene. On this note, the Island Digest would like to remind everyone to please drive carefully and safely in this next week. The roads may be slick and ice forms where you sometimes don't expect it. On November 20th, a deputy responded to a call about a missing person in the San Juan area. The caller said a family member had been missing for over a day. Steps were taken to attempt to locate the missing person, who ultimately returned home on his own. On November 22nd, a San Juan deputy was dispatched to a welfare check after a caller expressed concern about a person in a boat on the lake. The person in the boat was contacted and came to shore, said they were okay, and went to their residence. This concludes the Island Digest for the week of November 30th, 2022. This edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Orcus Center is your place for fun and intrigue this fall with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers 
at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and come on back next week for more news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.